0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So, here we are at 20 games. If you listen to this podcast, I've said, let's check in with this Warriors team after 20 games. Not because it means a huge amount, not like that it's definitive, but... When the Warriors were going through their 0-5 losing streak and we were seeing those growing pains, I was like, let's see the vets get their legs a little bit. Let's see the bench and some of the young guys get more acclimated to bigger roles. And let's see what the coaching staff can come up with to kind of reverse some of the early, early season bad trends and here we are. The Warriors are finally back at five hundred. Let's uh, <laughs> let's appreciate that for a second. They're ten and ten. And as I've gotten used to doing, let's just check where they are in the standings. They are still in eleventh place. That very tight ten and eleven competition with the Minnesota Timberwolves that they'll be seeing on Sunday. Uh, they're a half a game behind both them and the Mavericks for the 9 and 10 spots. And they are three games out of first place. I'm just doing this for fun because, of course, it's not that uh, serious right now. But, you know, we are here at 10 and 10, 20 games in, and I personally feel better. This team is not fully formed, right? They are not... Uh, ready for the playoffs they are not ready uh to all of a sudden dominate like they did in stretches early last season i mean a year ago they were 18 and 2 18 and 2 10 and 10 so you know let's keep everything in perspective though if you're just kind of not a close fan and you just jump in right now and you're like oh wow the warriors are 10 and 10 they're they're not very good but You know, we saw how rough it was early on, and now they're starting to figure out some things, right? Like, we've talked about the rotations and how putting Draymond in the second unit has really, really made a huge difference, and that has actually been a huge key because it brings defense, of course, to that second unit, and it also brings... I mean, it takes pressure, more pressure off a pool. I've talked about how having... Dante DiVincenzo back earlier uh, from his hamstring injury would take some pressure off of Poole. But not only that, you get Draymond out there as a decision maker, a leader, a ball handler, an on-ball guy, a passer, whatever. And it allows Poole to do a little bit more off-ball, and he doesn't have to create as much And hopefully he even more so stops dancing out there and just makes those straight line drives. And, you know, it's funny because when Poole was going through his rough 2020, 2021 season, the whole thing was like make a quick decision with the ball, you know, in half a second, you know, either pass it, shoot it, dribble or do something. And right now it seems like he catches the ball and he sits, he sizes up and that's fair. He's earned that right to kind of execute his his style, his game a little bit, but I think sometimes that takes a little too long and it allows defenses to get set. It allows them to mentally get like ready for some of the things that they've seen Jordan Poole do on the scouting report. So, you know, again, uh, something that he needs to kind of just keep working on. And it's been better. It's been better, but just something to uh, highlight as, as they go. So, the Warriors, they beat the Jazz 129, 118. So, they're nine and one at home and one and nine on the road. If you want to just say, hey, flush those uh, five games from that really, really weird early season road trip, uh, you can, but it's still there. And again, the Warriors aren't fully formed. They're not the world beaters that they were at the beginning of last season. And who knows if they will get there, right? But, when you follow the team closely, it's all about seeing those trends and seeing some progress. It's not about like, Oh, all of a sudden we're back, right? They need to still, still tighten up and hone in on their defense. And they need to prove that they can take that on the road, right? There's a couple things on the road, right? Like defense wins on the road, but then also benches play worse on the road. And obviously we've seen that, right? But, these new rotations, like that's something, that's the test, right? To see if that travels and if it works out. I'm hoping, and I think it will. Uh, There's some challenges coming up the next, you know, five games or so, but I'm eager to see how they perform. Earlier in the season, when they seemed so lifeless, it was like, well, what team is going to show up? But now they're looking a lot more solid. Again, Clay Thompson is looking more like Clay Thompson. This string of now four games where he hasn't forced it, where he's come up in the clutch, where he's just been himself on the offensive end. That's important, right? He was seven for 16, six for 12 from three, hit some big threes in the second half, uh, six boards, very unclay like, which is very welcome, and one assist, 20 points. So that's a classic. Klay thompson game right if you recall clay thompson his averages a lot of times were just around 20 points 21 points 19 points something like that he was never somebody going for off for 25 so uh this is is solid especially when you get 33 from steph 19 from pool 20 from wiggins uh 13 from draymond and even 10 from from Kevon looney so the utah jazz obviously they've had this hot start this season i've said that the Warriors and the Jazz, it's pretty much like they, they traded places. You know, like the Warriors are supposed to be the favorites in a lot of people's minds, at least top two or three in the West. And the Jazz were competing for Victor Wambanyama. And then they kind of switch places. And now that's evening out a little bit, right? The, the Jazz, as admirable as their start has been, they just aren't talented enough. They are not as bad it won't be as bad as people expected unless they decide to tank. But uh, I think uh, this was a game where it was like, if the Warriors lose, then that would be a real downer because they need to build up in the right direction. This was a perfect game to do that. On the schedule next, so the next five games uh, at Minnesota on Sunday, at Dallas on Tuesday. So they get a few days off and they're at home against Chicago on Friday, a back-to-back against houston on saturday the third of december and then indiana at home on that monday so i you know you you hear me talk about like these five game stretches and i say oh it'd be nice to go four and one and you know with this team you know that they could you know that they could i don't know if we'll ever rack off some long winning streaks this year but in this scenario uh dallas is a challenge minnesota's a challenge chicago's a challenge uh, but those last three games, Chicago, Houston, Indiana at home, I mean, they're NBA players and everything. But uh, in my opinion, like those are three games they should get. So at the very minimum, three and two, uh, hopefully a little bit better than that. The Minnesota game will be really, really interesting because I'm curious to see how they are. That's a team that we all expect to be better than they have been. And maybe they're turning the corner too, but You know, they've definitely had some uh, growing pains of their own with Rudy Gobert. Uh, They're a team that doesn't have much leadership. And, uh, you know, Pat Beverly was the one guy who kind of fired up that team, like legitimately, really. You know, Carl Anthony Towns does it. He tries, but it just seems, to be honest, seems a little like fraudulent. It doesn't feel real. It seems like a little artificial, but. That's just me from the outside. So these next two games, Minnesota and Dallas, if they take both those, I mean, we're looking good, right? We're feeling good, more importantly. Uh, if they split them, eh, you know, not bad. If they lose both, then all of a sudden you're back kind of in the uh, back in the drawing board, right? Uh, because what would be the issues if they couldn't take both those? Would it be their defense? Would it be their bench failing them? I mean, it's going to be either one of those, because uh, unless something crazy happens, their offense, especially their first unit, has been playing really well all season. And uh, if they lose those games, it's going to be because the defense fails them or this new second unit kind of falls apart a little bit. But, you know, the second unit doesn't have to be world beaters. They just have to hold leads that Steph and the starters gift them and the whole point is having Draymond to stabilize that. And it's knock on wood worked thus far. Another thing I've talked about up until uh, this 20 game mark is those seven, eight, nine bench spots, right? Like we know the top five and then pool is the six man. And even though poole has been inconsistent, you know what he can bring, you know who he can be in the playoffs. So replacing guys like you know the seven eight nine from last season, Gary Payton II, uh, Nemanja Bjelica, Otto Porter Jr., who can fill those roles? And right now, right now, it's looking like they're filling those roles with with four dudes: Jemichael Green, Dante DiVincenzo, Jonathan Kaminga, and Anthony Lamb. So those are the dudes that they're going with, and you know, it's not bad. Is not bad so far. Those guys look more comfortable overall. And Jermichael Green feels feels like the Warriors have figured out how to use him, what lineups work for him. And Dante DiVincenzo also kind of getting his legs under him, looking more comfortable. Um, and Jonathan uh obviously all the talent in the world, but again – You know, if you kind of toss that Pelicans game where he just jacked up shots and the whole team looked really, really bad Uh, in this role in limited minutes, he is doing what he needs to do. I I talked about that in the Thanksgiving episode and when he uh, just does the simple things and doesn't try to do too much. I mean, he didn't take a shot. He had three boards in 13 minutes uh, plus two. You know, he plays tough defense and that's what you need from him. You need the on ball guy, right? Like. We talked about early in the season, preseason, about how losing Gary Payton II, uh, they'll have to do it. They'll have to replace what he did on ball by committee with guys like Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, Andre Godala, Dante DiVincenzo. And none of those dudes have really, really proven to be able to do it. And Kaminga is one guy who can do it because he's young, he's athletic, he's tall, Uh, He's got a pretty wide wingspan and he's up for the challenge. So I think uh, Kaminga in those minutes, just being that, as I always say, dynamic athletic dude, that threat to do a lot of things that teams have to look out for on the fringes, you know, when they're guarding like Steph or Jordan Poole or Clay or Wiggins or focusing on those dudes, they have to look over their shoulder for a guy like Jonathan Kaminga to pop out of nowhere and dunk on their heads or cut to the basket, you know. So it feels like that seven, eight, nine is starting to uh, solidify a little bit. It's not going to be the same. Uh, I would love, I would love for as solid as Anthony lamb can be. Uh, I would love for honestly, Moses Moody to get past him. I know, I know Moody plays a little bit smaller than lamb, uh, you know, but you should be able to steal minutes from that dude down the road. And then of course, James Wiseman, when you watch this team out there and the rotation off the bench is uh, after pool, it's uh, DiVincenzo, Green, Kaminga, and Lamb. In my ideal <laughs> world, in the second half of the season or somewhere, maybe even sooner, before the uh, calendar year ends, I would love to see Wiseman get a shot at replacing Lamb because then if your bench, all of a sudden, just you know, humor me for a second, if your bench is Poole, Green, Kaminga, DiVincenzo, and Wiseman, and those guys start coalescing more and more, and Kerr starts trusting them, if Wiseman can be the best version of himself right now, not the version that we all see uh, in a couple of years, if he can be the best version of himself right now, then you know that lineup, that bench offers you a lot of what we had hoped earlier in the season but again don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves uh, just thinking that this team is looking like it's going in the right direction The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns. Like, will James Wiseman actually be on this Warriors team by the end of the season? I hope so. When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. The app is super easy to use. Just pop it open, do what you got to do, and you're good to go. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details another thing that um is interesting to point out is when draymond had that talk with clay thompson after that suns game when clay had just a really really just bad game hunting shots and everything like that he's had a hell of a week right it's just all of a sudden gone from you know clay is chasing ghosts to all right clay's back to kind of who he was or who he was at the end of last season at the end of the finals. You know, it's interesting to think about that. Cause right. We started the season with <laughs> Draymond punching Jordan Poole and that whole controversy. And that doesn't get talked about much anymore, but you got to think that maybe, maybe, maybe that had some effect on Draymond's ability to speak up and his leadership. He'll always talk, but who knows, right? Because like everybody's talking about him having to have earned their trust back in the locker room. So, You know, it could be that one of those things that it got so bad. It got so bad after that second son's loss last week that Draymond had to speak up. And I bring that up because maybe if that whole punching Jordan Poole didn't happen, maybe Draymond speaks up earlier. You know, maybe he lights a fire and calls out what's wrong earlier in the season instead of just kind of, he has to bite his tongue a little bit because he's not in a very solid leadership spot at that point. Uh maybe he does it during the 0-5 road trip. Maybe he calls them out after losing to Charlotte, after losing to Detroit or Orlando. <laughs> but obviously things got bad enough finally, and he had more time and distance away from the preseason that it was it was time for him to do it now. This is all just hypothetical, theoretical. Uh, and if that's the case, maybe things behind the scenes are getting to some kind of semblance of normalcy. I won't claim to have any inside knowledge or credentials or anything like that. But, you know, just from studying this team game to game, between games, uh, observing and just watching them over the past few seasons, right? Seeing how these trends go. And uh, you could just say, hey, They're at 500. They're not good. They're not bad. But you look at the trends and that's what I was hoping for when I would say, let's see how they are in 20 games. If they look hopeless and if it looks like futile, then it is what it is. But obviously it's not at that point anymore right now. Things can change. Uh, They could change for the worse. They can go back to how they were But they can also change for the better, and it's clear that that's where it's going. Because, uh, like I said, the the starting unit has been really, really good all season long, and the bench is starting to figure it out. And at ten and ten, as they start getting over five hundred more and more, you know, you'll get more opportunity to honestly, like rest some of the vets as the season wears on them because Steph has been carrying such a, a massive, massive load. Uh, and, you know, Draymond as well and etc. cetera, but you know, not just that, but then you'll also be able to tinker a little bit more with Moses Moody and eventually James Wiseman, who is still in the G league and ideal scenario is by yes, mid season at some point, it starts looking like the team that we maybe thought we were going to have at the beginning of the season right the idea that you know the narrative could be that the preseason the whole Jordan Poole punching thing uh, and the fact that the young guys weren't as ready as we'd all expected or hoped and the fact that the vets needed some time especially clay and you know Jordan Poole still isn't fully where we hope he, he'll be. So, you know, it could just be one of those things that they were thrown off by the events of the preseason and that nobody was fully ready to uh, to go at this season. I don't know. That's That could change. It's just an idea. It's just a thought. It's just how I kind of see things maybe playing out as the season goes. But again, a long way to go. You know, if they if they go zero two against Dallas and Minnesota in the next few days, then then that'll be a shame. But uh, you know, ride the trends and things are trending upwards. So we'll uh, we'll hang our hats on that for now, and uh, I'll check you out the next one. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino